0: Good morning, goddesses and gods alike. Today is Tuesday, March 10th, and this is the Goddess Morning Show, and I'm your host, Shannon. First of all, I wanna apologize for yesterday. If you are a daily listener and you tuned in and there was only the intro segment and the sponsorship segment by Anchor, I do not know what happened when it distributed the podcast to other platforms like Apple and Spotify but only those two segments got transferred over. So I ended up posting the main segment later in the day. And I don't know if it's actually even been distributed back out to Apple and all of those other platforms yet. But I wanna apologize because I know some people tune in in the morning first thing, and a lot of people are in other countries where their morning is a bit earlier than ours is in the United States and it wasn't there you only got two minutes and it wasn't even the main segment so I hope that doesn't happen again and I've written in to Anchor in order to find out what the the problem was but I haven't gotten a response back from them but sometimes we have technical issues and just have to look beyond it and keep moving. So, anyway, I wanted to talk about our first article today. It's from wikipedia.org, and we have our goddess of the day, and it's White Buffalo Calf Woman. She is a sacred woman of supernatural origin, central to the Lakota region, as the primary cultural prophet. Oral traditions relate that she brought the seven sacred rites to the Lakota people. And for people in other countries, if you don't know, the Lakota people are... First Nations people here in the United States. Buffaloes are considered sacred to many of the plains nations who often consider them linked to creation, medicine, and bringers of sacred messages from the ancestors. The traditional story is that 19 generations ago, there was a time of famine. The chief of the Lakota sent out two scouts to hunt for food. While the young men traveled, they saw a white cloud in the distance. Then, from the cloud, they saw a woman. As they approached, they saw that it was a beautiful young woman in white buckskin. She had dark hair, skin, and eyes. One of the men was filled with lust for the woman. He approached her, telling his companion he would attempt to claim her as his wife. His companion warned him that she appeared to be a sacred woman, and to do anything sacrilegious would be dangerous and disrespectful. The man ignored the other's advice. The sec- second man watched as the first approached and embraced the woman during which time the cloud enveloped the pair when the cloud disappeared only the mysterious woman and a pile of bones remained the bones were the remains of the other man the remaining men were frightened and began to and the one began to draw his bow but the holy woman beckoned him forward telling him that no harm would come to him as she could see into his heart and he did not have the motives the first man had as the woman spoke lakota the young man decided she was one of his people and came forward at this time the woman explained that she was white buffalo calf woman holy having spiritual and supernatural powers she further explained that if he did as she instructed his people would rise again The scout promised to do what she instructed and was told to return to his encampment, call the council, and prepare a feast for her arrival. She taught the Lakota seven sacred ceremonies to protect the Mother Earth and gave them the Chanupa, the sacred ceremonial pipe. The plant that is sacred to her is tobacco. Alright, our next article comes to us from JessicaDemas.com and it was written on February 23rd of this year, and it's holistically healing from toxic shame. And it says, toxic shame is a big topic that has little understanding among the general public. It runs deep within a person, and most often, they don't even know that the toxic shame is the reason behind their way of relating to themselves and the world around them. In this article, I'm going to share what toxic shame is, signs that toxic shame is present, and how to begin gently healing and releasing this trapped energy within a person. So how do you begin to deal with toxic shame? The best thing to begin practicing in order to deal with toxic shame, for me, has been through holistic self-care. What is that? Holistic self-care is tending to all parts of yourself. It's getting to know yourself, reparenting yourself, and loving yourself. Toxic shame thrives in the dark. It wants to be left alone and untampered with. It doesn't want you shining any lights of consciousness on it because when you do, the toxic shame starts to dissipate since it was never based on any foundation of truth to begin with. Where toxic shame comes from? It is false shame. It's shame that has no basis in reality, but the person who carries it feels defined by it. Toxic shame normally develops in childhood from adults that are around you. These could be parents, caregivers, grandparents, teachers, any adults that have access to a child on a frequent basis. It begins when an adult transfers false beliefs or accusations to the child that the child then subconsciously internalizes as truth about themselves in some way. Toxic shame became part of my reality as a young child when a caregiver during bath time would tell me how dirty my vagina was. It was an extremely humiliating experience because I was forced to stand up in front of another child so that the soap could really clean me, and I'd begged to sit back down in the water because it would burn so bad. I frequently had urinary tract infections that my mother and doctor couldn't figure out, and of course, all of this only further cemented my belief that my caregiver was right about me. This can also happen as an adult if you're in an abusive relationship or spending time around a toxic person who berates or insults you frequently. If you believe what they say, this is like an open back door where toxic shame enters and settles in. Your perspective about yourself has now been shifted to something that isn't true. What are the signs of shame? Everyone experiences shame differently and there are varying levels of toxic shame as well. But overall toxic shame of any kind causes common symptoms and dysfunction within a person. Here are some possible signs that you're carrying toxic shame. People pleasing, trying to control others' perceptions of you, the appearance of depression. In reality, it's the presence of shame eating way at a person. Perfectionism, if you're not perfect or don't do everything perfectly, you're a complete failure. Disgust with self, high feelings of guilt, easily humiliated, Addiction, feels the need to be secretive. If others find out about you, they won't love you. Codependency, feeling responsible for everyone's problems. Feelings and experiences of anxiety. This can manifest as seemingly unrelated physical symptoms like IBS. Self-sabotaging, never letting yourself get too successful or happy because on deep levels, you don't believe you deserve it. Defensiveness. Always feeling the need to protect the image you want others to see. Destructive habits, either sexual, physical, or emotional, that cause the person to relive the toxic shame over and over again. What toxic shame does to a person? In my personal experience, toxic shame clouds a person's entire perspective, not only about themselves, but about the world around them and how others are perceiving them. I believe that most people don't even realize they have toxic shame, So they aren't aware that so many of their beliefs and perspectives are the result of the shame they internalized so long ago. It essentially creates a feeling of deep pain that is stuffed away. And yet the pain is relived in many ways for the person on an ongoing basis. Even though the person usually avoids thinking about the shame, it envelops everything they think, do, and believe. It colors the lenses that they use to see the world. It's like a shadow that's right over their shoulder always present in the dark recesses, triggering them in different ways throughout the day. It creates a vulnerable, shaky foundation within a person. They don't ever fully relax or let their guard down. They might believe they're being authentic, but there is always a veil that is hiding the shame and keeping it safe from view. How to heal toxic shame. Healing toxic shame is a journey to understanding and awareness. Each person comes to it when they are ready and open. If you're reading this post and you've gotten this far, it's likely that some part of you is leading you to heal this aspect of yourself. It's time to begin to release what was given to you that was never yours to carry. This can be done gently with love and without further toxic shaming, blaming, or any kind of negativity in general. Go back to where it hurts. The very first step in healing toxic shame is shining the light on it, and in order to do that, you need to know what corner it's hiding in and here's a clue. You know where it is. Maybe not concretely or with certainty, but your gut points you in the right direction right away, so don't doubt yourself. What's the first memory you have of feeling shame? What's the thing that you don't tell others? What memory do you immediately turn away from? Even if it's been repressed, you have a sense of when and where the toxic shame was handed to you. It doesn't need to be completely dug up with all the worms, but shining the light in the general direction is actually extremely healing. The goal is to not go back and relive the shame, but to make the connection that the shame has caused an incorrect perspective into everything that you are. Connect to the painful behavior, shine the light on the painful behavior. The painful behavior is the way in which you subconsciously relive the toxic shame over and over again. Why would you do this? because toxic shame actually becomes similar to a safety blanket. When a vibration is activated, it attracts similar situations, peoples, and events that make the person feel that they feeling over and over again until it's changed. Shame is a vibration. When you have had this vibration running on low levels in the background of your being for most of your life, it's a familiar feeling that makes you feel safe. It's why we see people going from one toxic relationship to the next, because as far as the vibration is active within them, they will continue to attract it back into their lives on many different levels. I developed some very humiliating behavior in childhood that stayed with me until adulthood. The feelings of shame pulsed through me and crumpled me. It was a vibrational pattern that repeated itself over and over again. When I began to get stressed, feelings of stress would go away until the next time. These behaviors that induce shame would actually comfort me. Once the behavior was acted on, the feelings would go away until the next time. All you need to do is simply make the connection between these behaviors and the toxic shame. This is so powerful because the behavior has you believing that the lie, the the toxic shame tells you on a daily basis is real. When you make the connection, this tie between the two is broken. Question the lie. Really think about what you were told or what you felt when the toxic shame was handed over to you when i really went back and thought about what that caregiver had told me for years that my vagina was dirty i realized a few things namely what adult even says this to a three-year-old child an adult who has issues of their own an adult who probably was told the same as a child an adult who meets all the signs for toxic shame themselves what lie were you told Really consider the source and the credibility as to whether what they said or did. What happens most often is that our inner child holds on to these lies and beliefs, and as an adult, we don't even realize how absurd these beliefs of ours even sound now that we have the ability to comprehend the situation from an adult perspective. Questioning the lie begins a gradual and progressive process of eroding away and even transmuting the toxic shame begin shifting your perspective. What if they? What if what they told you, did to you, or the way they made you feel, you feel wasn't reality? Not reality as in, it didn't happen, but as in, it's not real. The beliefs and perspectives that you walked away with after being handed the toxic shame aren't real. As with any belief or perspective we have that doesn't come from a place of love, which is your true nature, It means it can only be an illusion. The lie that the toxic shame tells you is an illusion. It's not real. Sit with that for a moment. What comes up for question? What might this mean if the lie is an illusion? For me, it meant maybe there is nothing wrong or abnormal with my body. Maybe the behavior that followed in the years afterward wasn't really me. Maybe the little girl inside of me and all her beliefs have been operating for a really long time. Maybe I'm not broken. Maybe I'm worth something. Maybe there's nothing to hide. Maybe I can't see myself. I can see myself in a new loving light. What are your maybes now that the lie is being called into the light? Forgive and release. Forgiving and releasing is for you. It really has nothing to do with the other person, although it can if you want it to. My situation was never spoken of or acknowledged except when I finally told my mother a few years ago but I don't need it to be acknowledged by the caregiver because I'm healing regardless. I realize that this caregiver of mine was and still a very pinched off person, as Abraham Hicks would describe them. Someone who is pinched off from source, their soul, the universe, and not acting from their true place of love and awareness. I also truly believe that our souls are very big and they bring us to the very people who handed us this toxic shame for the flowers that they would grow later. We did not come here for a perfect experience. If you consider that your soul has likely lived many lifetimes and is made of God energy, it's easier to understand that your soul is here to see itself. And how can it see itself if everything is always rosy? Every vibration has a polar opposite. In order to experience the end of one vibration, the law of polarity means you will experience the other end as well. A bigger perspective that brings you out of a victim mentality is so extremely healing and liberating. See if there's another higher way to view the source of your toxic shame. What did it teach you? How did it evolve you? In what ways does it actually enrich your life now? Maybe you're helping others or you understand things on a deeper level that you couldn't have otherwise. Begin reparenting yourself. One of the most healing ways to begin healing toxic shame is to heal the inner child through reparenting yourself. Reparenting is the idea of giving to yourself now what you weren't given as a child. Essentially, this looks like asking yourself through the day, what do I need in this moment? And then following through to the best of your ability. When you feel shame, ask yourself what you need in that moment. When you're feeling those old feelings, what do you need? When you're feeling insecure, sacred, scared, anxious, or bad, what in that moment would help you to feel a little better? By giving to yourself time, love, understanding, forgiveness, nourishment, space, you begin to heal your inner child. And as you do this, you begin to release the toxic shame. So here's some books about toxic shame that are further reading that I recommend. Healing the Shame that Binds You. I Thought It Was Just Me. The body keeps the score. I also recommend checking out the Chakra Bundle. It has a very healing worksheet that helped me work through my own toxic shame, which translated to energy being stuck in a few of my chakras. Thank you for reading. I hope you enjoyed this article and found something to take away with you. For holistic self-care tips every Sunday afternoon, you can sign up for the Dwell in Magic weekly newsletter. And that comes from dwell in magic, which is the name of her website. It says with love, Jessica. I thought that was really, really powerful. And so our next little topic is about women's day. International women's day was yesterday, March 8th. Well, yesterday for me when I'm recording this, but it'll be two days ago when you listen to this, but this article was written by Cindy brannan from on slash, four slash keeping her keys and it's called Hecate and the Return of the Wild Woman. And it was written especially for Women's Day. So, the power of Hecate is the power of the wild woman broken free of her chains and keeping her own keys. Hecate, breaker of chains of the wild woman. The return of wild woman has led to a foundational shift in the power structure. It is the fault line over which we cannot traverse. There is no going back. From this cleavage has emerged the eternal primal power of the sacred feminine. The wild woman has broken free. Her crown in place, she now stands in her power. To me, this goddess rising is Hecate. She is the ancient mother called forth from her cave by the cries of thousands. She is fierce, bold, and enduring. Hekate is the voice that whispers we can choose to stand in our own power. She is the life-death-life cycle. That is what women know in our souls. This is the power that is feared. We are creators and destroyers, tender yet unbreakable, and we have broken free of their chains. We are living in the aftermath of the chain-breaking earthquake. The terrain is dangerous, yet it is the territory in which we are most powerful. This is Hecate's landscape, the crossroads between what was and what will be. Unlocking the Chains, the Keeper of the Keys One of Hecate's ancient titles means breaker of chains. To the ancients, the goddess was multifaceted, unhampered by restrictions placed on her by the powerful. Hecate was known as the Keeper of the Keys of the universe by the ancients, indicating that she held the knowledge of all things. She was also widely revered as a goddess of the crossroads, a place viewed as a portal between this world and the one of the spirits. To some, she was the great mother goddess. She was always known as the queen of witches. Today, we have been programmed to believe that there is separation between ourselves and the goddess. Moreover, that the goddess is restricted to the harmful restrictive definition that we've been force fed. The goddess must be compliant and small. She must be limited Took being courteous and nice. These are the lies we have been told. Hecate is the rebellion against these profanities. She is the eternal wild woman. It must be said that her enormous power was so threatening to the rise of patriarchal Christianity that great efforts were undertaken in order to wrap her in chains. This was parallel to the same binding placed on women. Granted that patriarchy existed before Christianity, yet only this religion enthusiastically sought to eradicate the powerful sacred feminine being a goddess loving warrior several years ago a man said to me i am a god-fearing soldier after i had said something that he found too woo-woo for his taste my response i am a goddess loving warrior my goddess is hakate she is powerful beyond comprehension she has returned, and we emerge with her spirit to rise as well. We are all breakers of chains and keepers of our own keys. She unleashes my intuitive, wise self that some find too out there. That is their—that is our wildness. Those intuitive keys are the very ones we use to free ourselves. Then we used them to open the gates to our truths, and now we stand together with our power. Hekate is the energy that brings us together. In circles small and large we stand as wild women reborn the risks we claim are keys are the risks when we claim our powerful keys however women's power is still subjugated to much backlash there are those who wish only to see us fail it's a sad but true fact that when women are in control they get judged negatively there are those who fear circles of the sacred feminine and there are those many who are terrified of our individual power when women speak of uncomfortable topics they are disliked claiming the goddess in all her glory is threatening to many talking about abuse bias and ensuing trauma can be upsetting for certain for certain but it's time it's the blaming of the truth taker talker that is so problematic women who talk about difficult subjects and who stand in their power are disliked this comes from both men and women there is bias against powerful women speaking truth whether it's in personal relationships or to the power or to the power structure that seeks to keep us in check hakate as we do persists in the face of risk she is the triumph of overcoming pain and risks to achieve a life of integrity One where what we know on our insides becomes what we present to the world. Breaking the chains in spite of all the risks. Living this integrity is not easy. It is difficult to choose to claim our place in the world because of the insults, slurs, and insinuations that get flung whenever a woman boldly lives her truth. There's a great deal of risk when women choose to stand in their power. Hecate abides in the crossroads. She is there when we stand on the threshold of choosing to say, time's up. She empowers women to speak out. If you're a woman who boldly lives her truth and takes up space in spite of all the risks, I honor you. You are a wild woman reborn. Silently breaking the chains. You may be a woman who can't live that truth out loud right now. Perhaps the risks are too great. You could lose your home, children, partner, friends, family, and job by allowing what is inside of you to become evident to the world. There are those who still face violence and even imprisonment. The women in these difficult situations where the risks are often too high often find quiet ways to claim their power. There are silent revolutionaries, revolutionistas. hécate stands beside all the women who must protect themselves. If this is you, I honor you. You are a wild woman reborn. Honoring those who break chains. I've been a feminist since I was 18. That's more than 30 years ago. I still remember my aha moment. It was when I was asked about my views on sexism, gender bias, and sexuality by a fellow student researcher. I've been vaguely feminist before then, but I hadn't given it too much thought. I honor the woman who asked me those tough questions. There was a key I claimed from Hakate. A crossroads crossed and a gate opened at that moment, even though I had no inkling of who she was. Living in the goddess, living in the shadow of the goddess, the unknowing chain breakers. I grew up in a home led by a strong mother who worked full-time. She persisted in achieving, even though it was, at times, controversial with her religion. She probably still wouldn't identify as a feminist, yet she is one of my feminist icons. The same goes for my beloved Aunt Val, who was truly fierce. Their influence undoubtedly contributed to my own ambitions to live my truth. Neither one of them identified as witches or kindled the fire of the goddess, but they lived in her shadow. I honor them, teaching others to be chain breakers and key keepers. To all the hundreds of students who listened to me teach teach them about the psychology of women and gender, and then chose to become aware, and sometimes even activists, I honor you on this day. I remember the first time I taught the psychology of women. Sometime early in the course, I had a moment of realization that what I was saying was changing my students' lives. It is a powerful thing to become aware of the biases women face. That is a key given by the goddess, the awakening of to the problem. I honor those students. Nowadays, I teach hundreds to fully live their own power through remembering their own sacredness. Many of them have remained closeted about their practice of spiritual witchcraft because the risks are too high. Maybe they could lose their home, their job, their children, and more. I honor them by protecting their confidentiality. More potent than awakening in this moment when we choose to do something about it, whether in our personal lives by setting firm boundaries or speaking out about our painful experiences or standing up for a cause we believe in, how absolutely sad it is that being a social justice warrior has been vilified. A couple of years ago, I wrote about how my goddess urges me to speak out for myself and the marginalized. That vitriol that article received was breathtaking. Still, I persist. If you persist in speaking out, I honor you. We are changing the world. If you, like me, find strength through the goddess known to us as Hakate, you understand that we are entwined with her to rise. We are part of a force so much greater than we are. This is the wave that emerged from the cleavage from the earthquake of women's power that opened the gates of Hecate's cave. Turn to her when you need to funnel your righteous rage for healing and for hexing those who seek to control you. Behold her unlimited tenderness when you are weary and allow her strength to invigorate you. Claim those keys she's been keeping until you are ready. If you're claiming them now, I honor you. We are the wild women reborn. Okay, so that's the end of our podcast for today. It was a little bit longer than I expected, but I wanted to be sure and get that article in for celebration of International Women's Day. So it was a couple of days late. I apologize, but happy belated International Women's Day to you all. As always, blessings to you. And namaste. Tune in Monday through Friday for a different episode. Have a great day. This episode of the Goddess Morning Show is brought to you by From AshesWeRise2.com, where you can get wellness coaching using holistic methods of healing, purchase our handcrafted, custom blended, organic, non GMO herbal teas. That are crafted with love, and also order hand poured soy candles infused with love and pure essential oils and herbs to heal using aromatherapy. Visit our website at fromasheswerise2.com. That's from ashes we rise with the number 2.com to read more about these products and services. Have a blessed day.